Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 278 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. Hello. I don't want to ask how you're doing because we already talked about how you're doing. <laughs> yes, Joe's therapy sessions uh, are, for, as you said, the Patreon ultra mega tier for $20 a month. <laughs> 20 I say 100 100 Okay. I, I like that even better. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I even specifically just, asked you some questions before I started hit before I hit record, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just so there's no temptations. <laughs> but yeah, uh, man, why do people go to work? Like this is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so much better when I didn't go to work. Like I, I I'd wake up whenever I wanted to, then go on a doll safari, then come home and play GTA and watch TV. And go to bed whenever I wanted to. And then just do that every day. It was so great. But now it's like, yeah, go someplace and do things. It's terrible. Hate it. <laughs> well, listen. So what happens is, as someone who's been gainfully employed more years than uh, I haven't been, mm-hmm. uh, I've been consistently working without a break. Uh, in like Jobs typically would overlap in my life. Um, someone who has been gainfully employed now for the past 34 years, Mm -hmm. uh, continuously, you figure it out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I think the solution to all my problems is going to be the lottery. Okay. Whether whether it be scratchers (laughs) or the Powerball, uh, I think that's going to be my new strategy is just invest all my money into Powerball tickets. I figure what are, you got to hit it eventually, you know? Mm -hmm. Then I can set up uh, a true soon-to-be-named network compound. Have everybody record there. You know, fly in Young Ed every week or every month whenever Hayabusa records. Whatever. That's, that's the plan. It's you got to get Kurt on the payroll. Kurt from the Stink Sheep. But they've been having issues themselves. I don't know if you've been following them. Um, they The last two weeks that they tried to record, either it didn't record or the file was corrupted or whatever... And they decided to put a pause in the pay- their Patreon because of it, which was, like, mighty nice of them for not putting out content. They didn't even need to do that. I know there's podcasts that haven't put out a show in almost two years and still have an active Patreon that people <laughs> are paying into. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, when I have the, the Powerball winnings, money would be a, no object. So, of course, I'll hire Kurt, you know, mm-hmm. have him produce uh, full-time Hayabusa. And, obviously, I'll let him record uh, and produce, you know, the stink sheet. For, you know, we get a taste. I'm mean, not going to do it for free. But, right. like, you know, we can make this happen, you know? I think that's the plan. Win the Powerball. It's t- it's 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 a multi-leveled thing. And obviously, uh, well, again, I'm, I'm not a lottery person, but good luck to you. <laughs> I can't uh, lose. <laughs> my lottery is my 401k that I pay into out of the job that I've been at for however long I've been at, right? Yeah. And I, I look at my yearly statement, but there's people uh, that watch their 401ks like it is the stock market. And it is the stock market, or it is the lottery, and it goes up and down and whatever it is. But it's just one of those things where, like, I started the job that I'm at now 23 years ago, and it's just money that doesn't exist to me that hopefully one day, like, outside of my retirement, outside of whatever, um, you know, I won't have to worry too long. Now, granted, if I, I and again, listen, I, I know you were at a very fancy importer exporter job. I don't know what sort of package you had gotten out of that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I know a guy who got a hundred and ten thousand dollars severance and he blew it in less than a year. <laughs> that's not me, I swear. No, I'm not saying it's Adam. Yeah, that's not me. I'm just saying. Um, it listen, it I'm took just me re- eighteen months to blow through my severance. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> But. All right, well, let's get down to the meat. The banter section is over, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get down to the meat of the show. I hope you like clips, motherfuckers. And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So, on this day in wrestling history, and again, I know Adam doesn't like talking about old stuff, but I, the sooner he realizes he watches old wrestling and he watched old wrestling, uh, 32 years ago on this day, on an episode of World Wrestling Entertainment Superstars, they held a press conference to announce who would be facing Ric Flair at WrestleMania 8. All right, welcome to our press conference, please. Please, ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of this press conference is to announce just exactly whom of the top five contenders in the World Wrestling Federation will be challenging Ric Flair for the World Wrestling Federation title. Just a second. Flair and his Cosby sweater. In Indianapolis on Sunday, April the 5th. Before we get that announcement, I would like to introduce to you the current World Wrestling Federation champion, Ric Flair. Mr. Flair. We're not playing the whole thing, but there's two promos. Y'all tired of hearing that? Well, that's too bad. Because when you hear that noise, you know that the World Wrestling Federation champion is on location. Not even like to know that, do you? But the bottom line is, I told everybody in the world of professional wrestling that I would win this, the most coveted trophy in this sport. And you know what? As I look around this room, I see five of the great WWF superstars, but five guys that were in the ring with me the night I won this. As a matter of fact, there were 29 men in the ring the night I won this. So whether they like it, or whether you like it, it's too bad. Because everybody in the sport of professional wrestling knows that WrestleMania, the biggest extravaganza in sports today, looms on the horizon. And for Ric Flair, it means a defense, a title defense of this, the World Wrestling Federation title. Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, The Undertaker, Randy Savage, Sid Justice, it doesn't make any difference to me. They were all in the ring and then I won this. So at WrestleMania, just as I walk in the champion, I'll walk out the champion. And that's the bottom line. Woo! Wait a minute. Yes. I can hardly hear myself, please. I'm sure this man can answer some of the questions for you. I would like to introduce it. Did you say that's not that long? No, it's not that old. You said I don't like old wrestling. I I perfectly acknowledge this era. Okay. Plus, plus I will say that in 32 years, WWE still has just as kayfabed of a journalist crew around (laughs) the studio. Maybe more on that later. Yeah. 
this time, the president. Questions later. Give us a minute or two. The president of the World Wrestling Federation, the Honorable Jack Tunney. Mr. Tunney. Jack, hold off on the questions, please. Thank you very much, Gene. With so many worthy challengers anxiously awaiting a shot at Ric Flair's World Wrestling Federation title, choosing an opponent has been especially difficult. At this table up here are five of the uh, challengers. I was rooting for Roddy Piper. So was I, but he was the Intercontinental Champion. I knew he couldn't. Well, Warrior Challenge. On my left, Sid Justice. That's different. Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, right. And Hulk Hogan. Very hard to choose one. However, after careful consideration, as well as examining the wishes of the public at large, I have reached a decision. Right. Ladies and gentlemen. Watch this. Esteemed members of the press. Challenging Ric Flair for the World Wrestling Federation title. At the Hoosier Dome at WrestleMania 8. Will be. Hulk Hogan. Yes. 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 Wait. Justice, you are obviously not pleased with the news. Hey, yo, shut up! I want to say something. What happened at Royal Rumble? It was simple. I was the last man standing. I would be the world champion if it wasn't for you, Hogan, pulling me out from outside the ring. Now, what you did, Jack Tunney, was bogus. The most bogus act you've ever pulled off. I want to ask you, what is it? Is it because I'm not a big movie star like Hulk Hogan, the big immortal one himself? Is it because Sid Justice is the newcomer? Well, I want to tell you something, Hulk Hogan. You couldn't beat Ric Flair on your best day. But I can. Why? Because Sid Justice rules so again, not playing the whole thing, but oh, I still remember all of that. Yeah, no, I mi- I miss those fake press conferences as well uh, the, when they were intentionally fake, like overtly <laughs> fake. Um, like obviously we don't get you know Hogan Flair, but can you imagine like looking back at it if that was actually the main event and you know we didn't have the switcheroo that they eventually did spoilers but like how WWE <laughs> never did Hogan Flair on a national stage well if we have learned anything um you know from the observer and shows that analyze stuff in the observer like between the sheets um Hogan and Flair was dying a death at the house shows it just wasn't drawing like Flair's first round of house shows were against Piper and the second set of house shows were against Hogan, and they were not doing as well as they were. And they, the you know, so that was that plan going into this, that they knew they weren't going to go with Hogan, but they teased it. And when Sid signed to WWE earlier in 91, it was with the caveat that he would get a main event match at WrestleMania with Hulk Hogan. Mm, okay. 
So, and that was one of those things that was kind of sort of hinted at, even in like the Mark mags back then. And it's something that more has come out like, you know, with, you know, being more involved in like the observer and the torch and everything else in more recent years. But as a kid seeing Sid in WCW being like this vicious rule breaker, this heel and everything else like that. And he comes in as a baby face in WWF. And this is the first glimpse that we get to see of Sid as a heel in WWF. So I was like so excited. Right. Mm hmm. And all of these characters end up changing so much, like it ends up being Macho in the main event, which we'll get to. And we're maybe, and again, I don't know if it's going to line up on our date and time or whatever it is, but I'll definitely play it. But we're like, a, in this time frame, 32 years ago, we're a week, or two, week or two away from the Undertaker babyface turn. Okay. Like and- on this on the same Saturday night's main event, they officially turn Sid heel. And they turn Undertaker babyface in two separate segments. And we're probably going to get, I don't know if it'll line up day and date, but we're going to get the she was mine before she was yours stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Now, also uh, on this day in wrestling history, 31 years ago, again, we're lining up with the first year of Monday Night Raw. Uh, this was the first in-ring appearance of the narcissist Lex Luger. Uh, but we also get a return of an 80s superstar. Now, again, I'm not going to play the whole promo, but I want you to listen closely because there's going to be a certain spot I want you to hear. And that's where we're going to stop the promo. All right. Listen, he got a little too close with those snippers. Fans love him. They haven't forgotten him one bit. What a survivor. What an ovation. Just has to make you feel real, real good. Makes me feel... Two, two great men in the ring right now. Just want to say... <laughs> moving on. Great, Mr. McMahon. I feel like I'm being in We haven't seen you since that devastating and near-fatal parasailing accident. Good to have you back. Well, it's great to be back, Vince. And I came here for one reason tonight, and that's to make a very important announcement. I intend to return to the WWF, to return to the ring, to return to the strutting and the cutting, and to take on all comers. Brutus the Barbara Beefcake is back! Got little sniffles. Mm. I have to say though, Brutus, I'm sure that I'm not the only individual who is certainly concerned uh, with this comeback. I mean, considering the extent of the near-fatal accident, your whole face was totally reconstructed. To, To me, this is a very, very risky maneuver. Yes, Vince, it is. You could say it could be a risky involvement here. But I just came out here to give you a little bit of background. Okay, Brutus is such a bad fucking promo. Yeah. Well, hopefully they never give him an interview show, you know, uh, or gave him an interview well, show. Right. I was going to say, so it's it's funny because Vince is like, like, and Vince is unclear. Like, Brutus has been out of the ring, but he was doing the barber shop for like two years prior to this. But anyway. Mm-hmm. And to let you know just exactly how and why I arrived at this decision. Let me tell you 
let me just start it out. Let me let me lay it out for you like this. Please do. Just before the accident, after a lengthy bout with cancer, I lay my frail 85-pound mother in the grave. Yeah. Okay. And not shortly after, I lay my father, who died of a heart attack, half from grief, half from sorrow, right next to her. This is all prior to the accident. This is before the accident. And then when things were pretty, pretty bad, Vince, and I was down, and I reached out for my wife, she slapped me upside the head with divorce papers and took off with some barfly with everything I had. All of this is prior to the accident. I, nobody knew that. Well, you know something, Vince? Notwithstanding all this, and I was pretty down at this point, and a pretty desperate man, and broke, and desperate. As I was walking along the beach, and looking up into the sun, boom! The knees of a girl parasailing smashed me in the face and shattered my skull in a million pieces. You know, my eyes were squashed into the back of my head, but my ears were still working. And I was, as I was whisked off in the helicopter to the trauma center, I heard them talking. I heard what they said. And there wasn't much of a chance for me at this point. The next thing I knew, I was in the hospital, surrounded by doctors. And once again, I was listening. They weren't giving me much of a chance. I was laying there. I don't know if you heard that from the crowd. I, I didn't catch it on my. On I, my I'm going to go back. I'm just going to go back uh, uh, five more seconds here, and I want you to listen very closely. Hang on. Okay. They weren't giving me much of a listen. chance. I was killing yourself. <laughs> so. To, to say that this wasn't getting over with the Manhattan uh, Center crowd is an understatement, especially since this promo is another four minutes to go. Um, <laughs> what this ends up leading to um, is the return to the World Wrestling Entertainment of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> From bad um, to worse, we got here. All right. Right. And this is like Brutus is horrible at a promo, right? And this is doing him a disservice, putting him in front of a live crowd, you know, a hostile crowd in New York, a, a different crowd than WWE fans would you typically be in front of. This would have been perfect for, like, the sit-down interview. Like, yeah. they would do years later with, like, the Mick Foley Mankind one or the, you know, the, the Gold Dust Dustin Rhodes one where you could produce it and you could edit it and, you know, so on and so forth. But, yeah, this was... Ill-fated all around. Maybe he'll throw a, a couple CGI tears in his eyes or something. Something. You know? something. Yeah. You know, I, for whatever reason, I don't remember much of that. I don't know why that doesn't stick out. Mm, vividly. When <laughs> I saw this one come up in the list, like I like all these early Raws, it's such a weird time in wrestling because it's like it's not quite the new generation yet. 
And, you know, obviously, like, you got Brutus, and then you're going to get Hogan back in a couple weeks. And it's so weird seeing Brutus and Hulk that feels so 80s. You know, and even, like, a year prior, in 1992, Hogan's, like, contending in the main event for WrestleMania. And it's always one of those things, like, the 80s or the 90s or the whatever. is like, the 70s didn't go 1970 to 1979. Like, the 70s rolls over a little bit in, like, the 80. 182 and the 80s doesn't go 80 to 89 it rolls over a little bit into the 90s right but like wrestling always takes a couple extra years to catch up and then wrestling always takes a couple extra years to catch up so like 1993 where you have bret hart and yokozuna and the head shrinkers and luger just debuts and razor ramon like these you know bright colorful newer characters and then here's hulk hogan and brutus beefcake and they feel like relics of the past where they've only been off TV for a year at most at this point, right? Yeah. And, and just, Brutus looks really bad. I mean, I, granted, he's been out for however long from the accident, but, like, he looks old as fuck. Like, he didn't look yeah. that old when he was in WCW. Right, right. He looks like shit. And, like, the way they shoot him, like, when he makes his entrance, it's, like, almost like they're focusing on his bald spot. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, you might have got that taken care of. Maybe some spray on by the time he was the um, uh, the disciple. Yes. Now, to flash forward a little bit more current stuff in 1997. Again, 27 years ago, still old technically. Uh, from the ECW Arena in South Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ECW held the event Crossing the Line Again. The show is what it was. It was fine. But what the show is most remembered for is the opening promo on the show. Because they know in their heart that they cannot match the main event that will be presented here on Sunday night, April 13th. The official announcement of the pay-per-view. Okay. Cancellations 
and despite the sweats of lawsuits because of your cards and your letters and your phone calls and your telegrams and your emails. Tell what? Telegrams. Come on. Of this audience because you can't be CW, but you always give us a second chance. That show will be carried live on pay-per-view. Except the Northeastern Pennsylvania. With a tear in my eye, Adam. <laughs> Sadly, the beginning of the end of ECW as we know it, but, oh, being, again, a, a huge moment. Like, we all knew it was coming, and Paul and his promo citing both telegrams and the internet mm-hmm. just to show you where technology was at this time. Yep, yep. And, I, and I've said this before on the show, but I remember it was, like, a Sunday night coming, like, getting ready like it wasn't like i was coming home from school or whatever but like sitting down in front of the tv after asking my mom's permission to get the w or ecw pay-per-view start flipping through the channels and i can't find it and i start panicking i'm like where is it and as time passes by i'm like i'm gonna be late it's already started where is it where is it only to find out that you know can't watch it right and this was one of those ones where like i'm at the show tickets go on sale i just bought my tickets right then and there right yeah and I'm like, I'm coming. I've been coming to the shows now for like a year and a half. I'm not going to miss the fucking pay-per-view. And I, like we would find out later that, you know, uh, viewer's choice wasn't carrying it. But I had friends of mine that were. And it was one of those things where I'm like, you got to tape it. You got to send me a tape. And I probably still have the original like airing VHS somewhere in a container somewhere in this house. Yeah, I'm thinking I have the Pioneer DVD release, so I have the ECW's DVD release, so it doesn't have the music in it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But it should be, like, unedited beyond that. Now, again, that was, uh, like I said, 26 years ago, 27 years ago, whatever it was, 27 years ago. Let's go to our 25 years ago, head-to-head, Monday Nitro versus Monday Night Raw. Now, again, Raw was taped... It's the night. It was a weird taping schedule because, like, it's the night after halftime heat. Mick Foley has won uh, the title back from The Rock, and he also won the hundred thousand dollar bounty that The Rock got for eliminating Austin from the Royal Rumble. Mick probably still has all that money too. Well, again, <laughs> he we, we do get a segment of him investing that money. Oh, all maybe right. not wisely, but investing that money. No, I don't want to buy this. I just want to rent them for three days. But how can you rent many? My kids are going to love this guy. I'll take them over. I have nothing for three days. Oh, wait a minute. He's not going to take them. Elmo, how much money are we talking about? Well, how much you got? You got $487. Dollarinis. Take it or leave it. Uh, uh, well, have a good time. Okay, take them. Come here, little guy. Come on. Oh, man. He's Star Rock's money and he's spending it on that idiot. Joe's internet strikes again. Shut up. <laughs> All right. So I'll just say maybe um, they shouldn't have done a skit where um, one person of the World Wrestling Entertainment was buying another person. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. Hopefully hopefully Mick didn't uh, lend him out to anybody else, you know? No. Yeah. Now, uh, now again, an uneventful Raw, unfortunately. Everything was kind of saved for the halftime heat the night before. Over on Nitro, though, Adam, remember those weeks of skits that we saw with 
Raven's mom showing up and Raven going back home and meeting all the colorful characters that lived in Raven's world, like his sister and his neighbor and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was the start of something that I assume would, you know, spill out through the rest of the year. You know, had a bunch of extra storylines, introduce new characters. I was really looking forward to it. Right. Yeah, well, uh, none of that matters. And right say only a two count. Also, what's this all about? Some guy walked through a fence. Also, Ric Flair signed Benoit and Scott Hall for later on tonight. One, two, three. That's, Van that's Scott. Wins it. Maybe he's sitting there. And then Van Hammer gets blindsided. God damn it. <laughs> this is going great. Shut up. <laughs> All right. What was his what was Sandman's name when he was uh the neighbor? Jim. They just called him Jim. That's all right. Okay. We saw him in vignettes weeks ago. Obvious, it's barbed wire. Gotta be kidding. Yo! I have fans. I have. I have Holly. I have no idea what's going down here. You know what ticks me off? When somebody comes out here in WCW and tries to take credit for my work. guys call themselves hardcore to see him coming out to the ring with barbed wire wrapped around them well he's in the fencing business i was the first man to take down these ropes and put up barbed wire and have a match in between them citation needed uh. <laughs> i was the first man to wrap barbed wire around the baseball bat and crush somebody's head with it uh. <laughs> i was the first man to wrap barbed wire around my body and jump off the top of a steel cage through a table on somebody. Maybe, uh, huh? <laughs> bam, bam, bagelow! You think you're hardcore? Well, you're talking to the king of extreme. I've watched you hunt Goldberg. I've watched you hunt Nash. How's it feel to be hunted? I ain't leaving till you get out of this ring, Bigelow. Did uh, WCW oh, yeah, not Bigelow. realize promos weren't just... Challenge his has point? been issued. I got... Shut up. I think that was a great Well, Bam Bam answer the challenge to this man. Wrapped in barbed wire with that stick. Most certainly is a dangerous foe in the ring. We'll be back. He should have just came through the crowd came the shit out of whoever and then just left right now Would've again got, it's 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 just over. it's one of those things of like one hand not knowing what the other is doing in that um like he's in these skits with raven and then because of the regime changes and everything else that was going on in wcw at the time they're like well what do we do right mm. and they just we do get one more get to wrap everything up next week but like they don't even have a name for him but they're like put him on on tv put him against bigelow 
We're not going to call him Sandman. They're not going to call him Hack. They're not going to call him Jim. Um, and I'll say, you know, I make the joke all the time, but from the classic Raven Sandman uh, shoot interviews together, where they talk about this period and how, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to mix words, but Sandman talks about how he got on steroids for this run. And he says that he was <laughs> in the best shape of his life. And Raven chimes in and says, you were, you were in the best shape for you, right? Yeah. It's one of my favorite lines of all time. And the two of them are just needling each other, fucking with each other about the whole thing. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, Sandman, like, brought his working shoes in WCW. Like, I think, like, so he's back in ECW before the end of the year. But he got signed for, like, 156 grand for a year. And I think he only ends up working uh, eight months of that year. Mm. That WCW opportunity, everybody should be that lucky. Yes, certainly. Now, you you heard the mention that Ric Flair, commissioner, whatever he is in WCW, uh, signed a match later on for tonight of Chris Benoit taking on Scott Hall. Um, And again, it's an important match, so important of what the stipulations of the match and what that match is for, that they even brought in Michael Buffer for it. All right. Tonight, here in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, a special heavyweight eliminator match. The winner of this match will go on to Super Brawl on Sunday, February 21st, to face the reigning United States heavyweight champion, Brett Hitman Clark. 10 out of 10, no notes. Who? <laughs> Who is he taking on? I guess I, I see no fault in that. That sounded good. <laughs> Worth every penny. <laughs> Brett the Hitman Clark. <laughs> He's cousins oh. of Jeff Harvey. <laughs> I didn't pu- I didn't pull the clip of Hulk Hogan calling the cameraman a jiggly jiggly Jew, but just pretend that you heard that in Hulk Hogan's voice, we are reaching. This is the beginning of the end. Like as bad as anything might've been, even the stuff that we're watching through the Patreon, right? Mm -hmm. It's literally like this month, February of 99 is where you can pinpoint WCW just piss away all of their goodwill. Yeah, I say all the time that like, oh, I'm a big fan of WCW 2000 because it was so bad. But like the WCW 2000 that exists in my mind started in 99. Right. Like I like the way the the homework and everything works is like I'm going to, you know, just to keep with consistency. um, You know, I don't know what you're assigning for this week, but like next week I would sign the Nitro that was after the Super Brawl that we just watched. But I so bad want to assign the uh february i think it would be 15th nitro from 99 but it's a three-hour nitro it's it's the first hour plus is no wrestling just all backstage segments and skits Uh, uh, you're winning me back you're winning me back (laughs) now okay now wait i might win you back i think it's also the on-screen debut of tori wilson all right but it's arguably one of the worst episodes of Nitro in the history of Nitro, which covers a lot of ground, but I feel confident in hanging my hat on it saying that it is one of the worst episodes of Nitro of all time. 
I think just like in movies when like you have this big climactic scene and then they give you a flashback to kind of okay. let you cool down, like Super Brawl 2000 was like think of a TV show that was the mid season finale and when we come back from the finale you're like oh how are they gonna how are they gonna get out of this but wait there's a flashback to kind of set up the story so I feel like that could be a natural thing to happen. All right, we might we might do that. I don't know. Thinking about it. Thinking about. Yeah, it. I mean. Again, I was intrigued with an hour of all backstage stuff, but you told me about Tori Wilson's debut. I'm right. down for it. Um, and lastly, but leastly, uh, also on this day 10 years ago was National Pro Wrestling Day. And this is the one where the Chikara shutdown angle ended. Chikara officially came back. The announcement of the return show was here. Um, if you've listened to the Patreon, this show has come up quite a bit with a lot of the folks that I've talked to, um, whether it be 3.0 and Archibald Peck showing up at the DeLorean, whether it be the reveal of Jimmy Jacobs being behind like the grouping of all the people together, the singles match between Eddie Kingston and Dasher Hatfield and how that match came to be, and just kind of everything involving Ashes, which is what a lot of the Patreon shows that I did last year we're about but it was 10 years ago today that it was the return of chikara wow you're old yeah <laughs> i am i'm very old yes and i saw this show very rare rarely do you talk about an indie show that i've seen yeah how about that uh we myself and jerry and adam lash in uh days when they were still talking to each other uh me doing commentary and the two of them doing production we all got to sit at a table for the entire show with Maria Canellis. Oh. <laughs> you know who's a really <laughs> nice person, Adam? Maria Canellis. Ma- Maria Canellis. Yeah. All right. <laughs> TV, TV, does not do her, TV does not do her justice. Yeah, I can't make fun of you. All right, I take back the old comments. <laughs> Remind me to shake your hand next time I see you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get down to business. Let's get into what we'd like to talk about from the last week in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, no bits. You go first. Um, all right. Well, you know what? I'm going to start things off with something, Joe. Believe it or not, it happened since we last recorded, but it feels like it was like six months ago. But there <laughs> there was a Royal Rumble this weekend. Yeah. First of all, congratulations to Kevin for winning the women's Rumble opportunity. And congratulations to Ben's girlfriend for winning the men's Royal Rumble opportunity. Um, but this uh, was like, I didn't enjoy this Rumble at all. Like, I thought that uh, the women tried hard. And I like the fact I'm not a Jordan Grace fan, but I like the fact that they had the TNA champion there. I thought that was cool. And, you know, Naomi returns. That was cool. And. It's all right. You know, good for Pam. Like, I got nothing against Bailey. Uh, Jade debuted. Uh, so, once again, I was right. You were wrong. I accept your apology. Uh, I think she should have won the whole thing. I thought it was super impressive when she just basically lifted up that – and I'm not even going to say it uh, – that lackluster wrestler, uh, uh, Nia Jax. You know, that was pretty impressive. Uh, but when the women's rumble was over, I was like, okay, I don't care. At least the men's rumble will be here to save the day. And then Phil comes out one spot before my spot in the rumble opportunity. And I cursed out Marcus for having that spot because I'm like, God damn it. Marcus won. And uh, Phil didn't win. Cody's going to get to finish the story and go after Roman. Yay. Nothing will change that. Um, And then like 
I was like, that's not what I expected, but not in a good way. I just came out of the Rumbles kind of underwhelmed. And obviously more stuff happened on Raw the next night, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, aside from the gambling aspect of it, and uh, a lot of people will say, well, it was the, the cloud that was cast over the weekend, and something could be said about that. But like from the show itself, eh, I just I was kind of unimpressed with the whole rumble. Yeah, so it's one of those things where we talk about on the show, it's like, oh, well, when things are predictable, that means it's good booking, right? Yeah. And I felt as though the entire show, top to bottom, was predictable. And, you know, predictable means they've been telling the story correctly, but sometimes predictable can be boring. And when Bailey came out, I'm like, okay, Bailey's going to win the Women's Rumble. And we got debuts and we got some teases. You know, it could have been split between like Bailey or Becky, and they did the bit where Becky, like Becky, was like eliminated with a flush of other people by Jade, if I remember correctly, right? Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to Bailey, and she ends up winning. And you know, I, I think we all thought Phil was going to win, and then it came down to him and Cody. And I say boring, and I say predictable. And you know, we were up at soon to be named Network North, and there was a lot of people there, and. There was an in-house pool that was going on, and it just so happened that DJ and Tatum, who regularly appears over on Wings on Wings, just the way that things ended up being picked out was in the in-house rumble pool that DJ had Cody and Tatum had Phil, and she don't know nothing about wrestling, but she's playing along, and she was excited that the guy that could have won her a bunch of money was at the end, and DJ, long time, just like me, big Cody Rhodes supporter. Yeah. Uh, you know, his person was there. And, you know, Tatum, I think, did some sort of like recording of it. I don't know if she live streamed it on some of her social media or something. But if you saw that, I, I do want to apologize for my behavior during the final moments of the Royal Rumble. Ooh, I need to see this. <laughs> uh, let's just say um, I, I made a pact on the show several weeks ago. That I wasn't going to talk about Phil because it was just like a, a level of negativity in my life that I'm like, I could do without this level of negativity and always bringing it up on the show. And Adam, in this episode of The Simpsons, where Homer talks to Lisa about like, you just take all your feelings and you ball them up and then you just let them all out at one time. Like that time that I hit the referee at the whiskey bottle <laughs> well, this past Saturday at DJ's house was me hitting the referee with the whiskey bottle. <laughs> I thought wrestling was real and I might've said a lot of things about Phil and I was swearing and it was very exciting when Cody won and the show ends with him pointing at Roman who's up in the sky box, making the belt around his waist motion. And as far as I'm concerned, Monday night, WrestleMania said it's Cody going against Roman for the title, right? Nothing else happens between now, the the Royal Rumble, and us recording that would change that, right? Yeah, and uh, first I will say, you are completely justified in your reaction to Cody winning, because he's your guy. Of course you're going to have that kind of reaction when, you know, somebody that you've been supporting since day one, despite pretty much everybody else that you're surrounded by in the soon to be named network, uh, like acting to the contrary. But you were a guy from the very start, had the nightmare narcotic 
like flowing through your veins. So when your guy won a second time and is going to finish the story, uh, right. of course you're justified to act that way. But uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, maybe uh, maybe Voldemort has <laughs> very tender bones and uh, mm. tendons and uh, uh, didn't quite last as long. Great investment <laughs> from the WWE uh, because he's he's injured, Joe. And I saw a lot of people saying that it was the most genuine promo and heartfelt promo they've seen on Monday Night Raw in decades. And I'm sure you I'm sure you agree. I prayed for this and it happened. <laughs> you mean you mean Drew's promo, right? Exactly. Not, not Phil's promo where he lied and said he has friends and he came out there and cried. Oh. I hope all you fellatio, whatever the hell you call yourself, Phil supporters, <laughs> love this run. Enjoy this run. And listen, as someone who is happy when his guys, like Brian Danielson, it's like, oh, it doesn't matter that he got beaten two seconds by Sheamus at WrestleMania. You know, he's going to make a lot of money. And Phil's going to make a lot of money. He came out and he looked right in the camera and he said, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. Well, he's going to make a lot of money sitting at home. And you said it yourself. What an investment the World Wrestling Entertainment made in bringing Phil in, setting him up, getting him ready. Now, whether or not there was a plan that, you know, that he wasn't going to win the Rumble, that he wasn't going to go on a main event this, if plans changed either with Seth getting hurt two weeks ago, Phil getting hurt in the Rumble, and them calling an audible, a million things of whatever it is. But you put the amount of money that you paid Phil into a 45-year-old man with buggy whip arms, with a, a, a litany of baggage, and you bring him in because he's the disruptor and he's the voice of the voiceless and the everything else. And the two months that you've gotten out of him have been the blandest, most milk toast, nothing happening stuff of his career, Adam. I prayed for this and it happened. <laughs> I prayed for this. I'm not a spiritual man. But when Drew said that on Monday night, I leapt out of my chair and I'm like, Drew, I prayed for this too. I'm with you, pal. And I hope Drew goes on and I hope he does everything. And when Phil comes back, he gets his one match with Drew and he gets hurt again and he's back on the shelf for another six to nine months. And you know what? I prayed for that too. <laughs> so many questions here. So um, first I want to start with the fact that, okay, Phil's out hurt. And what, well, how long was he out last time with this injury? Like nine months, close to nine Longer months? Longer than that. He was okay. out from September. <sighs> no, it was about nine months that he was out with the, 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 what was it? The, 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 the triceps. Yeah. No, it wasn't tricep. I forget what the other one was. But I it thought was like he had a, a, it was a peck. The first one was the foot. And he was out for like three or four months with that when he broke his heel or his ankle or whatever it was. And then it was that, you know, brawl out, whatever. It was something in his arm or his shoulder. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he was out for about nine months from that one, too. I, I could have swore it was the same thing because I thought he was he re-injured it, but yeah, I could be wrong on that. So in the amount of time we've had Phil, not counting the Rumble, had he wrestled any television matches? Because I know he wrestled Dom at the, at the Garden, so that wasn't televised. He wrestled another house show match against Dom as well, but that's it. So he's never wrestled on television. Royal Rumble. 
Yeah. So nine months from now, ten months from now, whatever, mate, we'll assume it takes a little bit longer to heal because he's getting up there in age just in time for the buildup to next year's Rumble. <laughs> and then, you know, he'll definitely be able to finish his story and wrestle at WrestleMania 41, only for him to probably get hurt again. Right. Yeah. But here's my question. And I loved all of this burying of CM Punk. It's fun. Um, but assuming Seth didn't get hurt. Yeah. And assuming CM Punk didn't get hurt, what the hell were they going to do at the Rumble? Because I emphatically argue that there was no chance that Roman Rock was happening anywhere but Mania. So if that tied up Roman and you still have Cody, you still have CM Punk, and then you have Seth, like what do you think, since you have to agree at this point that it was never going to be Rock Roman at like some australia show right i I, i've acquiesced on that like i was wrong on that yeah so Um, like what could have been the original title picture going into mania like if nobody got hurt phil winning the rumble and going against seth at mania before the rock came back they were i would assume that we would had cody against roman but with rock coming back i assume cody would pivot to gunther okay I, I I was about to say he would have pivoted to the host of WrestleMania. No. Uh, all right. Just curious how you're going to go on that. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we overlapped a little bit on the Rumble and on Raw afterwards. What else do you have? Hey, uh, competing against the Royal Rumble was AEW Collision, which I did watch. Right. Okay. Um, and I have to give a special shout out to the uh, Danielson versus Eugene Nagata match. Loved it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it the best match of either man's career? Absolutely not, because both those men, both those men, have had fantastic storied careers. But if this is the beginning of, and as we saw the tease for Collision this upcoming this week, uh, with Danielson taking on uh, Hechicero, uh from CMLL, uh, if Collision now just becomes the Danielson Dream Match show. I'm okay with that too. Now listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm some sort of Lucha Libre historian and I know the importance of Hechicero, but when I see people, one, going out of their minds for this and people who have tweets going all the way back to October of 2022 saying the match we need is Danielson versus Hechicero and we're getting it, and that's the thing, Danielson's like Danielson's vanity promotion is I get to wrestle every old timer and every luchador that I want. Where when Phil got to book his d- dream thing, I'm the special champion that no one else could acknowledge, and I get to handpick who is and isn't on the show, and blah blah blah. And I'm a big baby. Where <laughs> Danielson's like, let's just have like really good wrestling on here. And, like, bring in cool people that everyone wants to see, right? Yeah. So, again, you picked your guy. I picked my guy. I think my guy's winning. Also, I think if you're Tony Khan, you should just keep on booking whoever the hell Danielson wants from where whatever promotion, however much it costs. Just keep doing it to the point where he gets almost lost in the fact that he's got all these dream matches ahead of him and he just forgets to retire or forgets to go part-time <laughs> you know like oh man you got this legend next week and you got this dream match the week after that and the week after that and the week after that and just all of a sudden it's five years later and he's still full-time 
I think it's the perfect con. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Plus, uh, they're still sprinkling in the uh, Eddie Kingston stuff with Danielson, which I love. Yeah. You know, the Blackpool Combat Club is baby faces when they got beat down by the CMLL guys. But at the same time, Danielson is still healing Kingston by not looking at him as he's coming out for his entrance. Like, I loved all of that. And like paying like triple and quadruple respect in Nagata, like right yeah. in front, right in front of Eddie. It's all so great, you know. Yeah, and that's one of my many favorite things about the Blackpool Combat Club is on any given day they're a heel, they're babyface, they're neutral. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I'm okay with it. They're just consistently over, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of AEW, I'm gonna stay here for a second. And many, many weeks ago, I said on this very show, AEW needs to bring back the ranking system. And then last week they announced, hey, it's coming back. And as soon as Dynamite went off the air, I immediately went on Twitter and started refreshing my feed, Joe. And it took a little bit, but they showed up on Twitter and they're okay. (laughs) I, I get it. It's based on January. You know, so it's not like, oh, who's the best in the promotion? It's just, I guess, who's had the most wins, uh, important wins, I guess, over the last four weeks. But there's a lot of head scratchers on this. And uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to study it as well as I have, Joe, but I'm looking at it right now. Would you believe that uh, the Dark Order is uh, a contender and Private Party and the tag team of Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta? All the stars are here, Joe. Well, if we're considering just the first, you know, month, right? Mm. Um, I guess, to be completely honest with you, I don't care about any of the other rankings other than the men's singles. The rest, you could sit there and nitpick. It's a kayfabe. T- it's it's what? One, two, three, four different kayfabe top fives for a kayfabe sport. And the longer you sit there trying to analyze it, the more you're just going to drive yourself crazy. <laughs> That's been my problem. I've been studying this thing all night. Nah. Oh. We're, I'm, I'm, <laughs> listen, it, it, it's fine. I'm glad it's back. It's going to need some more time to get itself fleshed out. And uh, I'm here for it. I'm glad it's back. Yeah. Like I said, I was looking forward to it. And for whatever reason, I feel unfulfilled. Maybe because it doesn't have the records on it. I need something. Yeah, give, give it time. Give it time. All right. Do you have anything else, Joe? Adam, I got lots more. All right. Go ahead. Uh, so we mentioned that. We mentioned that. Okay. So we talked about the Royal Rumble. Uh, we talked about Cody winning. And we talked about Cody pointing up and, like, laying his shot down and saying that I want the match with uh, Roman. Right? Yeah, I'm then, looking forward to that match at Mania. Then... We get the promo on Raw where Seth comes out and casts doubt on everything and says to Cody, do you want to go after the sports entertainer title or do you want to go after the workhorse title, the blue collar title? You don't want to be the champion who politics and just works whenever he wants and however he wants. You want to be, you want to go for my title. Now, and Seth every day has been putting these videos out on his social media of saying to Cody, it's like, do you want to be like the ultimate warrior or do you want to be like Ric Flair? Do you want to be like Hulk Hogan 
Or do you want to be like Dusty Rhodes, your dad? Do you want to be like Sid Vicious? Or do you want to be like Terry Funk? And I say, one, why can't you be all of them? And two, Seth got his title because he bitched and cried and complained backstage and on screen that he needed a title for as hard as he was working. And he comes off as the corniest, fakest, phoniest, most illegitimate champion in WWE history. And he's sitting here saying, I'm a blue-collar fighter. He's been in WWE's system for over 10 years. He's been a singles champion more time than he hasn't been a singles champion. And does he know who Cody's dad is when it comes to politicking for stuff? (laughs) Nothing screams screams blue-collar like a giant fur coat or sparkly jackets. Well, okay. So that's the thing. When Dusty was the champion and Jim Crockett Promotions was like the top of the food chain, you'd hear the stories that the TV tapings parking lot for the boys would look like a Rolls Royce dealership. Dusty would come out on TV and him and Flair and Magnum and Tully would all be cockwaving each other to see who's got the nicer fur coat on TV, who's wearing more rings, who's got the more expensive Rolex, because they all had money. Now, granted, yes, I'm not taking anything away from Dusty, Magnum, Tully, Ric Flair, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, any of the other people that they're doing the things. But this is just a way to try to put some intrigue into whether or not Cody is going to go for the title that he's been going for this whole time, or it's Seth's fake vanity title that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. I feel like they could have avoided all of this if they didn't have Cody so emphatically pointing at Roman Reigns on Saturday night. I, I definitely think that was the plan before Phil got injured. But with Phil getting injured, they had to call an audible and now throw some doubt into what could be coming next. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully Cody finishes the story. If for no other reason, then it would make you happy. And nobody else on the right. network. And yeah. DJ. Oh, that's right. And DJ. I forgot. You guys are the two. Yeah. DJ um, even went and got his Dusty Rhodes tattoo that he has. He got it changed to a Cody Rhodes tattoo years ago. I, you know what? I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Joe, I only have one thing left. Well, you know what? Before you do your one thing, I got one more real thing. Okay. Oh, geez. You're coming fully loaded today. Yeah. Uh, it's been a week, Adam. And a lot has happened in the last week in regards to the allegations and everything against Vince McMahon. And as a wrestling podcast, we would not be doing our due diligence in talking about it. And I want to first start by taking my hat off, my John Cena hat, from the presser this past Saturday to John Alba, to Brandon Thurston, to Seahawk, who I don't like very much. He blocked young Ed on Twitter after Ed made a very funny joke about Scott Hall going to the Performance Center to teach people how to get DUIs. Uh... (laughs) And I also can you, from, can you send me a link to that tweet? I want to look at it. Oh, I'll send it to you from my Joseph. Oh, I can't do that either. <laughs> um, and I want to give uh, and again, somebody else I don't like Nick Hausman, who today 
on the NXT, um, you know, whatever the NXT thing is happening this weekend, on that presser with Sean, he brought up the Vince McMahon allegations. He brought all this stuff up, and they asked the tough questions. And listen, a lot of people were back and forth on social media about it, like, you're a coward, you won't say anything. And even if you do say something, what's it going to do? Okay? And I said last week, and I'll say it again, whether this is a real sport or it's entertainment, whether you think it's all fake or whether you think it's all real, whatever it is, there's a form of entertainment, a form of something where money is being made and people's lives are being fucked with and have been being fucked with for a very long time. And the longer we just laugh it off and say, you're not going to do anything, or even if you say nothing, it's not going to change. But the fact that people like John Alba, like Brandon Thurston, especially more on him momentarily, like Seahawk, like Nick Hausman, stood up at that press conference and actually said something and tried to hold Hunter's feet to the fire and tried to hold Sean's feet to the fire. They're in this corporation. Dave Meltzer himself, to read Dave's quote, Dave Meltzer says, your father-in-law was just accused of sex trafficking and rape. Everyone knows how much I personally like you, Paul, but this was bad. The most powerful man in the history of this business was removed in disgrace. This was bad. And he's talking about the way that Triple H handled that press conference, how he sat there and he looked people in the eyes and said he did not read that the, the, the 56 page or 65 page or whatever it is deposition. And that's bullshit. And that's the same weekend where Ronda Rousey comes out on social media of all things and says, it doesn't matter if Vince is gone. As long as Bruce Pritchard is there, Bruce Pritchard is Vince's voice in WWE. When Vince was gone last time, Vince was still filtering stuff through Bruce, right? And then, on top of everything else, before we came to start recording today, John Laurinaitis, his legal team came forward and said, I'm just as much as a victim as the woman who brought these accusations against Vince because Vince was forcing me to do these things against my wishes with this woman who was also being forced to do these things against her wishes. Now, in all the everything that happened, the accusations came out, Vince uh, Slim Jim said that they were going to pull their sponsorship and they had a huge sponsor sponsorship going into Royal Rumble, going into WrestleMania. They pulled it. Vince stepped down. Slim Jim brought their stuff back in. Bruce Pritchard is still there. Laurinaitis comes out and makes these sort of statements. It is going to get worse before it gets better for these people. The fact that these people and Laurinaitis was named specifically in the lawsuit. There were four other WWE corporate officials. And listen, I'm not going to sit here, like I said last week, I'm not going to sit here again and try to figure out who's who and what's what. A lot of people enough are doing that online. If you want to be part of that, that's fine. But the lawyer for the defense or for the, the, the prosecution has been doing the rounds on social media and interviews and everywhere else. And she has said, we are going to, we are not going to take a settlement. We are taking this to the full extent of the law. And that's why John Laurinaitis turned on Vince and tried to sell Vince down the river today. As we record this by making those accusations and saying these sort of things, you don't think more people are going to come out and make like, 
they're gonna they're gonna rat on themselves to try to sell Vince out. They're gonna try to plea bargain to to do something. And who do you think it's gonna be? It's gonna be people like Michael Hayes. It's gonna be people like Kevin Dunn, who's no longer at the company. Good gracious for him. But who knows what legal wranglings could come against him? And none of this stuff would hap- would have happened if people did not ask the questions when they had the opportunity to people like Triple H and people like Shawn Michaels. And then it, again, Brandon Hausman brought up the allegations of Shawn's past of him and Marty Jannetty and Brutus Beefcake and countless others drugging and raping and essentially abusing women for years and Shawn Michaels hand waved it and then all of a sudden today recent videos of people in the business who were there when it was happening all those videos started disappearing videos went private all this other stuff Shawn Michaels has to watch his ass Triple H has to watch his ass all these people that work closely with Vince Brandon Thurston on his Patreon, WrestleNomics Patreon, free. I'll put the link in the show notes today. He put up a timeline of all of this stuff from the initial allegations two and a half years ago to the John Laurinaitis thing that came out today. And when you see everything laid out there in front of you, the money that was paid out, the NDAs, Vince going on TV, doing the victory lap on SmackDown, Triple H saying, I didn't know about this, and he's sitting at the UFC fight next to Vince and Pat McAfee, who's another one. All these people need to be real careful. And this is the serious part of the show, and this is a lighthearted show, and it's a fun show, but this is fucked up, man. And I've been a wrestling fan my whole life, and I'm not one of these people that when Vince would come out and I would bow to him and think Vince was great. I knew Vince was a piece of shit for a long time. A lot of people did and we're getting the proof of it. And man, I just hope that anybody who is an abuser gets uh, the, the full extent of the law is brought upon those. Those that were abused get the restitution that they deserve and hopefully the peace of mind to continue on with their lives because all of this is so fucked up and I can't believe that this is happening in the goddamn thing that I love so much in professional wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I really can't add anything to that. I agree with you across the board. And uh, we're going to do a very awkward change in tone. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. All right, Joe, this week on NXT, Ridge Holland was backstage meeting with the NXT commissioner, G- oh, GM, uh, The Rock's shitty daughter, and Ridge Holland <laughs> Ridge Holland's trying to get a match with members of Gallus or Garrus. I don't know. Uh, but Lexus King interrupts, and he has a gift basket, Joe, and in this gift basket is not one but two signed and framed autographed 8x10s of Lexus King, uh, a t-shirt, and like some other uh, swag, and he's there to bribe uh, Rock Shitty Daughter, <laughs> shitty daughter with it. Um, she does not seem amused. She gives the gift basket to Ridge Holland, and then Ridge Holland gives it back to Lexus King and challenges him to a match. And uh, that is going to be later on in the evening. So I did not watch the match, but Lexus King ended up winning off distraction from uh, from Gallus or Garrus, whatever. Uh, and two members of Garrus were dressed like bumblebees, and I didn't understand it. And this has been your Lexus King moment of the week. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. 
And I will say, Joe, because I do watch NXT, like not religiously, I look for the Lexus King moment of the week because it is my job. Uh, I saw a segment where Chase U, who I guess is having like financial problems due to a scandal, uh, they're on the verge of bankruptcy and they were getting bailed out due to the fact that JC Jane unveiled a girls of Chase U calendar. <laughs> and uh, I guess just from the sales from Derek, our listener and friend uh, alone, that's going to buy a new school library. But because of this, Joe, hit the music. We got a bonus Lexus King moment of the week. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. So Chase U, after they cut the promo in the ring, they're backstage. They're celebrating about the fact that they're not going to have to close the university. And Lexus King showed up. I was not prepared for this. I put away my notes. <laughs> like, I wrote my notes based on the backstage thing with Rock's shitty daughter and uh, and then the match. And I was like, okay, we're done. No more, no more writing about NXT tonight. And wouldn't you know it, Lexus King showed up. He hits on Thea Hale and JC Jane. They shoot him down. Uh, he asked for a signed copy of the Girls of Chase U calendar. And then I guess Chase U has like an unknown job guy. And he got in Lexus King's face. And Lexus King's like, no, no, my friend. No need for that. And he leaves. And this has been your bonus Lexus King moment of the week. My way, my life. The Lexus King moment of the week. What is the NXT special this weekend? Uh, I have no clue. We don't. NXT... We won't be doing a Dutch show on the card about it. No, no. Is it NXT Judgment Day, maybe? Uh, huh? NXT special this weekend? I was just wondering if Lexus King has a match on that this weekend that you would need to... Uh, you know what? If he does... Again, I'm committed to uh, my, I'm not going to say bit, I don't do bits, uh, but I'm committed to my craft, and I will definitely look into that. Oh, it's NXT Vengeance Day. Okay. And I'm not going to spring, doesn't Adam know the card on you, right? Yeah, no, good luck. I I don't know who half the people on the NXT roster is. Realistically, other than Lexus King, my only other job is to keep tabs on the women of NXT. I'm kind of like Phil. Okay. (laughs) But guy stole my gimmick. Oh boy. There's um Yeah, there's a uh genius Dijak versus Joe Gacy in a no DQ match. Uh Elysia Dragonoff and Trick Williams. Uh Tony Pepperoni's crew against whatever OTM is. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh Lyra Valkyria against Roxana Perez. Okay, I know and, who they are. And in the uh, men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Classic Finals, doing double duty as Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes are taking on the Wolf Dogs. <laughs> Adam, as a, do you know who the Wolf Dogs are? Uh, I assumed it's an unused name of what they would have given FTR if they came back. Do, no, do you know who know. the two people on there are? They're named people. I, I I do not, just based on wolf dogs, no. Uh, okay. Uh, wolf, Lone Wolf, Baron Corbin. Okay. Dog, oh, and Braun Breaker? And Braun Breaker. They're called the Wolf Dogs? Yes! Jesus Christ. 
Boy, NXT sounds like the worst show ever. <sighs> yeah, like it's not Two Point Glow anymore, but the stink of Two Point Glow is still all over it. It's like the BO in, in Jerry Seinfeld's car. You just can't get rid of it. Exactly. Just throw the whole performance center out. Start all over again. <sighs> all right. So I needed a moment to calm down there. Yeah. <laughs> Take my pills. Um, <laughs> but what do we got for homework for next week, Adam? All right. So, Joe, obviously, when I assign homework, we are doing the film hors d'oeuvres of The Rock. And <laughs> you complained during the last Patreon that the movie I assigned you, Red Notice, spoiler if you haven't listened to the episode, was just too good of a movie to yes. pick apart. It was just too enjoyable. I mean, again, you got Ryan Reynolds, you got Gal Gadot, you got The Rock. What's there to go wrong, you know? So... As our next movie for the At Odds Patreon exclusive show homework, we will be watching the 2017 rock classic, Baywatch. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This could be the movie that was the beginning of, uh, like, the rock, like, uh, string of stinkers, right? Yeah, I mean, this was one of the first things where it's like, The Rock don't miss. Well, okay, now he does miss. But again, I think that every Rock movie is at least five stars. So this one, uh, I'm sure, is great. It also has Alexandra Daddario in it, which uh, should add a couple stars. Mm -hmm. I don't know who that is. Oh, you know who that is. I mean, if you've seen her, when you see the movie, you'll you'll recognize her. Uh, Your other co-host is a huge fan. Mm Mm-hmm. It looks like it's on Amazon Prime, which I have. Yeah, and it might be available through some other means. Mm-hmm. I have not um, seen this, and I've seen almost every rock movie. Yeah, I, I hear this wasn't good, uh, but it's on Amazon Prime, so that's good. If you need it, let me know, and we'll figure out a way to get it to you. Um, but apparently, like, it's on that, it's on Paramount+, Plus, it's on Apple TV... Um, if you have any of those, um, if you have direct TV, I think it's on there too, but you have to buy, like it's, it's money. Um, you know, but like I said, uh, Apple TV with your subscription, Paramount plus with your subscription, Amazon prime video with your subscription, you get that. It's not like an added fee on top of that, you know? Yep. So uh, I'm but, looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it too. I'm going to watch a bad rock movie, you know? Well, I, I don't know if I got you one, but we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. I got a good feeling about this one. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> no problem. All right. Let's get to some phone calls, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, guys. It's uh, Andy Hedder. I'm calling mere hours before the Royal Rumble about my uh, numbers that Adam so graciously gave me. I have a, a bold prediction for five. Adam said I'm going to win because I got his numbers. I don't think I'm going to win, but number five. In the Women's Rumble will be the return of the face of women's yes. wrestling. Number five is going to be Alexa Bliss, and that's probably just as good as winning. So, And uh, 12 <laughs> for the men's, and Alexa's punk, I probably ain't winning. I'll call back after Rumble to see if I uh, boldly predicted this right or not. All right, see you guys, bye. <laughs> <laughs> does he call back? He, he does not call back because he was wrong on both counts. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was wrong. So I, I do apologize. Again, I agree with Andy. It would have been enough to have her return. Uh, sadly, she did not. Um, I'm looking right now at what he did have, and uh, he got Jordan Grace for the women's. Uh, all right. And Ludwig Kaiser for the men's. Yeah, yeah that, was, that one was a stinker. But, uh, and, you know, Jordan Grace wasn't winning either, so. I, but she, I, had good, I, she had a good showing. It was an impressive, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if she was signed, there would have been more of a case, again, for my argument that a debuting star should win the Rumble once. So I think mm-hmm. that would have been a, a great opportunity. Um, but, yeah, with her still being on TNA, you know. But sorry about that, Danny. Better luck next year. Right. There's always next year, hopefully. Yeah. And fingers crossed that we're going to get the return of Alexa Bliss soon. Maybe they're saving that, the, the Raw after Mania. There was rumor and innuendo that she was backstage at the Rumble. Um, you know whether you know whether or not that's true or not. But uh, she's got to be primed for a return to TV sometime soon, here, right? I would hope so. I mean, I've been following her social media to to see if there's any updates. You know, any clues? <laughs> any clues? Yeah, I mean, I've been dissecting everything that I see. You know, I don't going want over I, everything with unturned. Right, going over everything with the jeweler's loop. Yeah, I've been digging through her garbage to see if I could find anything. All right. Any hints? Uh huh. Under <laughs> under the guise of doing investigative work in the Vince trial. Yeah, I've been tapping her phones <laughs> just to see. Yeah. yeah, I gotta get people answers. Oh my goodness! All right, next call. Hey Adam, hey Joe, Gary from San Diego. Well, congratulations to Cody Rhodes, who's going to finish his story at WrestleMania. Well, you know. Cody Rhodes is doing great. Won the Royal Rumble. Had to answer a few uncomfortable questions at the press conference. But you know who's going to have an April disappointment? A buddy Phil from Chicago. Well, <laughs> seems like Phil was blown up after the Royal Rumble. After coming in, what? Maybe one? Two? No, like 20 or something? <laughs> Don't worry, though. You'll have need to to uh, take care of him afterwards, most likely. Now that Braun Breaker's out of the equation, you know, he shows up in that YouTube video like a guy visiting his high school girlfriend. All right, well, happy uh, happy Rumble season. Looking forward to the road to WrestleMania. Keep on rocking in the free world. Rock and roll. Rock and roll, Gary. Thank you for your call. Uh, yeah, April disappointment, huh? Is that him not being in the rumble or is that like something with his wife? I'm not really sure. <laughs> what a coincidence that you and your, your buddy Phil have the same named wives. Um, I, I know what a coincidence. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she, she, she hates him just as much as I do. <laughs> and you can take your pick on which April I'm talking about. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Thank Next you, call. Hey guys, what's happening? It's Kenny. Hope all is well. Uh, as a day one, uh, you know, first time, long time, day one uh, listener of Ad Odds with Wrestling, I want to say uh, it's been a good run. It's been good times. Uh, all the ups and downs and the journeys through the grease and uh, through the through the trials and tribulations of the, the world of professional wrestling as a uh, this show will eventually have to be sunset uh, in order for 
the new spot on ad-free shows with something to wrestle with. Oh, boy. Joe Sposto. <laughs> hey, Rack Boss. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to bring it up earlier during your uh, your monologue there, but uh, sorry about Sweet Brucey. Oh boy, um, it's all fun and games until it's someone that you like, right? Yeah, I mean, first Jarrett with his QAnon bracelet. <laughs> no, we debunked that. It's not QAnon. It's a different junk science, and it's a different Wi-Fi blocking bracelet. Okay. My apologies. All right, yeah. It's just the stupid old white man one, not the stupid old racist white man one. <laughs> I understand the distinction. There is Carry a distinction. On. Yep, yep. Once you get over 50, you're susceptible to a lot of things. Exactly. Except for Karen. She's not susceptible to anything bad. Oh, my goodness. Height of powers. <laughs> on a run. Anyway, Kenny calls back. <laughs> Hey guys, Kenny again. I uh, never want the show to go away. Come on, that that would that would suck. That would be terrible. Uh, we we don't want to do that. This is this is a one prime listening Friday morning. But uh, real quick, I just wanted to say uh, WrestleMania week. There's lots of stuff that's going on, and people have already like started to sort of make their decisions about stuff. And I just wanted to say I have nothing to do with this promotion, but I'm super stoked go see Labor of Love, have shows on Wednesday and Thursday at Attic Brewing Company. Today I got 700 days, no booze went up, but I'm real stoked to go to a brewery and watch some pro wrestling uh, the way uh, that I always like to watch pro wrestling as the good people of uh, Labor of Love will be putting on lots of uh, LVAC slash Chikara slash Cheeseburger uh, affiliated folks, and one of the nights is actually Big Dan's, like, birthday party or some bullshit. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Of all the nonsense that goes on, uh, me, Weekend Philly, check, uh, Labor of Love out. It'll be a good time for anybody, uh, like-minded folks. So, thanks. That's the deal, and, uh, get wrecked, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I had that in my plug section, of course. Um... But, you know, Kenny mentioned it here. Thank you again, Kenny. Um, I won't be replacing Bruce or Kurt Angle or Mick Foley, which are all wrapping up their shows this week. I don't know definitely about Bruce, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm Bruce. I wouldn't be speaking into a microphone anytime soon, but that's just me. Um, but uh, I'd like to get some ad-free shows money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Dan Ch uh, Champ announced... Is it a wrestling show? Is it a party? I don't know what it is, but it's happening the Thursday of WrestleMania weekend at 5 o'clock in Philly. I'm going to put the link to buy tickets and everything else like that, and I'm going to read bits and pieces of it. But it's the Dan Champ 40th birthday party, and uh, it's, you know, it's after the Labor of Love show at the Atticus Brewing, and um, a portion of the proceeds to this are going to be donated to Phil Abundance, which is a nonprofit uh, charity that is looking to help homelessness and uh, feed folks in the greater Philly Lehigh Valley area. Yeah, so, so a ten, a, I was going to say a ten dollar minimum donation at the door is like your cover charge, you know, yeah. goes to the the charity, and you can obviously donate anything that you would want, like any additional amount that you would want. Right. I'm going to see what I could do about getting there. I really didn't want to be in the Philly area for any of the WrestleMania weekend shows, and this is not a show. 
What are we doing? It's not a show. It's just a get-together. But it would be nice to see and hang out with some folks. Um, I might have to talk to Brett and DJ and young Ed to see where they're physically going to be around that time. Just so I, I could see if I could pop over with them or whatever it is. And then work schedule is a little touchy these days as well. But either way, I'm definitely going to donate uh, to Dan for this. Um, you know, and I tweeted out, of course, through the AdOds account. It's like the more and more that it comes out that Dan is and has always been a do-gooder. It's like the more it comes out and it ruins his persona of being like a lout and a jerk and a dunderhead. It's like the more good that he ends up doing in that regard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's also, it's on a Thursday, Joe. So if you go, we could take the week off the pod. Yeah. Already taking a week off at the end of February. Don't need to take another day off. I think we should go to like an every other week schedule, but that's just me. No, no. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> All right. Next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. You know, sometimes, like last week, tough to be a wrestling fan. Now we love it, and it's it's bigger than one person, but sometimes it's tough and it's embarrassing and all. But this past weekend, I was watching Royal Rumble with some friends, and uh, the friend who was hosting it turns out to be in a bowling league. And he invited someone from the bowling league to come and watch with us. And it is a friend of mine. Like, we're Facebook friends and all. But I haven't seen him in person in at least 15 years, maybe even 20. Like, real long time. Turns out he's one of the few other people that also watches all of NXT every week. There's not that many of us, I'm aware. It It was nice. Like, we got to catch up and hang out and just, you know maybe continue on with the friendship and everything after this near decades long low. I was like, that wouldn't have happened without wrestling. I don't do sports or, you know, other silly things like that. Just wrestling. So guys, is there like some sort of friendship, some sort of bond, some sort of running into someone reacquainting with someone that happened through wrestling, maybe watching wrestling at a friend's house, like this situation, going to a show and running into someone you haven't seen in years, something, something positive about wrestling. I'm going to try to be more positive this year with the wrestling instead of all the terrible things that people have done that we're finding out about. You know, it's not a terrible thing though. Signing up for the Patreon. Yeah. Oh boy. I believe it's Adam's pick this week. What next classic movie from the rock will we be watching? I can't wait. I'm, I might even stay up to find out. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. I have to ask Kevin if he wants me to just clue him in earlier. You know, <laughs> sometimes I send him the show images earlier just to pop them. But I'll, Kevin, let me know if you want me to in the future to just tell you since you're going to have to write up your review anyways. If you want me to tell you in advance. But uh, I don't know, Joe. I don't like people, and people don't like me, so I'm a bad person for this question. <laughs> Well, it's so it's um it's a lot it, it's less of that because you know obviously wrestling is something that I could always um relate to someone with and I'm someone who kind of wears my fandom and has always worn my fandom and again I don't want to say on my sleeve but on my chest I have wrestling shirts that I wear and I wear them because I like them because they're cool but they're always conversation starters and I got no problem talking wrestling with someone anyone 
You know what I mean? And uh, Kevin mentioned it was somebody in a bowling league at Jason, and it was something that he hadn't talked to in years. And I think I joked around um, that there was a guy at the bowling alley that my kid's league was at who assured me that MJF was debuting in the Royal Rumble this weekend. (laughs) Now, again, he, he couldn't have been more wrong with that statement. But because we share the common interest of professional wrestling and, you know, I called this upon myself because I've worn like an ECW shirt or, you know, like Papa Shango shirt or whatever the other shirts that we all have are to the bowling alley and like, oh, wrestling fan. And I, I if I see you in public wearing a wrestling shirt, I'm going to come up to you. And it's not so much as an old friend, but I'm going to make a new friend. Um, you know, DJ and Brett can attest to when we went to the, a- the AEW show back in November, I wore my LA night shirt and I was getting the yeahs all the time and I was giving them back, man. Listen, I-, <laughs> I enjoy being a fan and, you know, and obviously we have to be the fan, um, that we want to be, I guess, when things aren't the best in the world of professional wrestling, you know, um, we don't want to be insulary. We don't want to be snobs. You know, we could maybe be a little snobby online a bit, you know, but in person, like, I don't know, be cool to like people. And somebody that used to watch wrestling with back 25 years ago during the height of the attitude era and your Facebook friends with them, you know, check their likes and, hmm. you know, make sure that they haven't gone too far one way or the other, you know, right <laughs> down the middle. Yeah. Ping them and just say, Hey, Watching wrestling, thinking of you the other day. Rekindle an old friendship through professional wrestling, I say. There you go. And as far as the MJF thing, I'm sure they're waiting once again until the Raw after Mania. Uh, MJF, Okada, Sasha Banks, all of them are going to show up. Don't worry. Didn't they, like, one of, uh, in 2023, one of MJF's seven origin stories that he told on TV, didn't he insinuate that he dated Liv Morgan or something at some point? I think so. Yeah, uh, you could, it's, it's tough because he's had a lot of origin stories. Right. You could debut him on TV as Liv Morgan's boyfriend. There you go. Right. <laughs> they could just steal whole cloth the entire Raven uh, storyline that we've been covering. And <laughs> it could just all be uh, MJF as like the wacky neighbor showing up with the, you know, as Max. Right. And he comes out three weeks later and they don't mention who he is or why he is. And he has rubber tipped barbed wire wrapped around him and <laughs> you know he has a history I like all of, this. yeah he has a history of cutting drunk promos but this <laughs> one wasn't drunk all right um we do have one last call of course it's pink button time it's young ed time hey joe and adam it's ed i'm at east ocon uh just north of detroit michigan and i'm about I got my cosplay stuff on, and I'm about to go uh, to the arcade and the dealer's room and the bar and have a good time. And I just want you to know that I've never been more sure in my life that the number that I drew will definitely bring out someone that I absolutely hate. (laughs) I'm positive of it. I don't know who it could be. I hate a lot of wrestlers in WWE, but I'm sure it'll be one of them. Be funny with NJF, though. Okay, bye. Uh, so, no, it was not MJF, if I remember correctly, uh, Ed's pick. Yes, he was right. It is someone that everyone universally hates. It was Austin Theory. Yes. <laughs> he was so happy about that, too. I was trying to hype him up that Phil was going to try to convince them. It's like, 
oh, what if I come out as number 13? You know, unlucky 13. I'm Phil. I'm this. I'm that, right? And none of that shit happened. You know what happened? uh, Oh, God. I prayed for this, and it happened. That's what happened. I didn't yet complain on the show, and I feel like this is the part where I have to. I got oh Zoe, yeah, I got Zoe Stark and Ricochet. Talk about but, two duds. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Who did I? Let me. I just had the sheet up in front. I have. Of me. I have it right here, Joe. You had uh, Jimmy Uso and Andrade in the match, <laughs> and again, uh, a debuting star should win. Uh, and you had Oscar and Bianca. You you were stacked in the women's. Two two strong picks in the women's. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the women's one was more wide open. Like, it could have been, like, really, well, Asuka, yeah, maybe not so much because she's the tag champ. But uh, like, Bianca could clearly have won that, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Becky. But, yeah, so those were good ones. Not so much me. Yeah, also, I like- just want to say, like, without Ed's Twitter, like, I feel lost. I've mentioned this before, but, like, I don't even go on Twitter anymore. I just went there to look at his tweets, and I don't even get that. Sad. This is the exclusive home of, of Hayabusi content, though, so that That's makes right. me happy. Yeah. And, and, and I, do, uh, I do have to screenshot certain things to send to Ed to keep him up to date on what's going on. <laughs> Ed, just make another burner. I know you got five of them that you can't remember the passwords for. Get another one. Right, just get a new email address and yeah, yeah they're free. Hayabusa two, Electric Boogaloo, coming soon. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so thanks everyone for the calls. We get the homework out of the way. Uh, plugs. There's no T Public sale going on currently. Next week, there's one thirty five percent off anything through our store that's linked up in the thing. Um, IWTV, uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. Use the promo code at odds. Uh, if you're a new subscriber, it lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. Gives us a little bit of a kickback if you keep your subscription going there. Uh, LVAC show has shows coming up starting in May. That's when the season begins. May 11th, Country Club Brewery in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. July 21st, Mahoning Drive-In. And August 6th at the Iron Pigs Stadium. Make your plans now. Don't be shut out at the last minute. Come see all of your favorites. And me, hopefully, as long as everyone stays uh, okay and so forth. Uh, Pick up the previous LVAC shows. They have not announced the December show getting released on any sort of media yet. It's been... A month plus, but you know these things happen. If I there's a very good chance that I might have missed the announcement of it. You know, being limited on Twitter, um, <laughs> I'm going to check when we're done here to put it in the show notes to make myself look foolish. Right there, you go. Be the first uh, time. Also, uh, our eBay affiliate. Uh, when you click on links to various merchants on the site to make a purchase, this can result in the site us earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliations include, but are not limited to. The eBay Partner Network. Yeah. You should probably go listen to these podcasts. Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, Hi, Abussy, and Final Wrestling Place. I need anabolic steroids from this doctor right now. <laughs> anabolic steroids is a logical next step. Steroids are awesome. I don't care what anybody says. Sure, words have never been spoken. Hell yeah. Just like these, just like these words. Money, 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 money.
Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. <laughs> Just real quick before you get into that, I did double check on both SmartMark Video and uh, MerchBin.net. Uh, you know, the video and the MP4 versions. Uh, the December show is not up on either one of those sites to purchase or view yet. All right. You did the journalism right on the air. Yep. Well, Joe, did you buy anything? I did. All right. Why don't you go first? Well, again, let's start with the practical one first, and then I'll save the other one for the end. Uh, So we had to uh, call the Roto-Rooter man um, for our pipes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) the, 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 The drainage in the, in the basement was draining very slow and it was impeding all water use in the house, whether it be from the washing machine, the dishwasher, showers, etc. Um, so my my dad and my brother both plumbers. My dad came down. He's got some stuff that might have been found or left on job sites. Uh, he was able to cut in to our main drainage, snake down about 30 feet and still wasn't able to get it. He's like, yeah, you're going to have to call the Roto-Rooter guy. Uh, they have a thing that's able to go down 75 feet and the guy said it around 60 feet or so, uh, he didn't need to tell me cause I heard a pop. Something was stuck in the line. They popped it out. Uh, everything drains perfectly now and it'll cost me $413. Jesus Christ. That's a lot of money to get rid of a giant clump of your hair. <laughs> well, again, I will say, uh, it was probably also my wife's hair as well. Uh, but the guy did say that it was more than likely um, less hair or anything like that. But it was more so just because, you know, our house is like uh, coming up on 50 years old, if not 50 years old, uh, that it was probably just build up in the pipes that we have. Gotcha. I need to have somebody fix my shower. I can't turn the faucets off. So it's just a nonstop drip. I'm sure that won't be a problem in the long no, term. <laughs> no, no, no. Just put a bucket down. You'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, it's in the, the drip is happening in a tub, and the tub has a drain, so it's just a cycle. You right. Know, it's yeah, it's all pipes, right? Exactly. Um, so I only got one thing this week, and okay. I, didn't, I didn't actually buy it for myself. Uh, my mother asked me what I wanted for my birthday, so I just sent her the link to Mattel Creations, and I had her order me the Ultimate Edition Roddy Piper George the Animal Steel 2-pack. Uh, oh, there you go. I've been collecting those two packs. I wanted uh, the Roddy Piper. You know, if they were sold separately, I would have probably passed on the George Steele, but I uh, needed to buy them both. So that's literally the only thing I got this week. I didn't pre-order anything. I didn't order. Nothing came up for sale. Uh, I have not gone on a doll safari since uh, before last week's episode. Man, this weekend, you know what? I'm spending a day just going like all around the county again. Uh, it's been a while since I've done a full loop of the of the area but uh yeah that's all i got this week yeah you need a you day yeah <laughs> it's my equivalent of a spa day except it's going to targets and walmarts and stuff like that all around <laughs> scranton and wilkes fair <laughs> right well uh adam i'm not i'm not i'm nothing if not anything but a hypocrite 
I've always said that, yes. Right. Um, so as you may have seen discussion and coming up, um, World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, SmackDown specifically is coming to our area on May 10th. Um, and again, as I sit here and I rail against everything and we watch a lot of WWE, we watch a lot of AEW. Um, but when my five-year-old nephew asked me if we can go, I got tickets to go to the show and like everybody's going. My, me, my wife, my son, my brother, his wife, and the two kids. Everybody's going. Look at you. You gonna wear your LA night shirt? Of course. <laughs> of course. And we're making signs. Can... We're making signs. We're doing the whole thing. Um, we didn't get floor seats because they're little kids, you know. I didn't want to have to be like worried about them seeing over someone. Yeah. But we're like about a third of the way up on the lower level, like dead across, not camera side, but from where like everyone comes out. Yeah, and once you get into, like, the bowl seating, like, as you start going up in that building, there's no bad seats. Right, right. So, uh, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I, I wanted them to be, like, they're little kids and stuff. They're five and seven. I wanted them to, like, get the full experience. You know, it's, like, their first live show. We were going to go to the one a couple months ago that was, like, just a house show in Reading, I think, like, Christmas time, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And my brother was like, no, nah, I don't think they're ready for it. And then I guess he, the little one saw it, like an ad or something popped up on whatever YouTube it was. He shows my brother. My brother's like, he's asking about it. And then we saw them Sunday and he's like, Uncle Joe, we're going to go see uh, Randy Orton, right? I go, yeah, we're going to see Randy Orton. Oh, not Lord. You know what I mean? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be an experience for the kids getting WWE tickets. Um, you know, I'm not calling any favors or nothing like money out of my pocket. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, hey, good for you. Hope you guys have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and you know, it's, it's five months or four months or three months away or whatever the hell it is, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things as we sit here and it was like, oh, the, uh, this is going to get into like. You don't have any of the purchases, right? Nothing else. Nope, I'm right. done. So my kid was toying with signing up for the play at his school this year. They're doing like Willy Wonka or whatever it is. Okay. And he was going back and forth. I don't know if I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I don't want to do it. My friends are doing it that they don't want to do it and everything else like that. So his two buddies end up, you know, whatever, doing things in the play and they're in the play. And I had said to him, I go, well, you want to do it or not? You know, it's something to do when I was in high school. You know, we didn't have plays or whatever in elementary school, but we did in high school. I always did uh, stage crew, right? Because it was a way to be involved, but I'd have to learn lines and like, you know, paint and shit, lifting stuff, moving things. Right. Mm. So he was going to do stage crew. And they finally announced the cast list today. And at no time in the last two months did they ever say what day the play was going to be. And wouldn't you know who won the pony, but the play is on May 10th, the same day that SmackDown is coming, that I already dropped um, more money than I care to admit on the show. Um, on tickets for the show. Oh, um, there's a twist. Yeah, so my kid's like, no, I'm not in the play. Uh, it hasn't started yet. I haven't fully committed to doing the stage crew. I'm like, well, he's like, I'll do the next one. I'd rather go and like with the family and do the family thing. I'm like, okay. Look at him choosing wrestling over something else. You must be so it, proud. It's, it's, again, it's more so like we, like, so 
you know, a Dominic, uh, my nephew, and again, Dot, whatever. He's the youngest that we see all the time, and he gets so excited for it. And it's just one of those things where I think, like, because I didn't think my sister-in-law was going to want to come, and I didn't think my wife was going to want to go, you know? Yeah. And then when I said, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get tickets, they're like, oh, get a ticket for me, get a ticket for me. Because, like, they all want to be there to see him react to seeing wrestling live for the first time. Yeah. Plus, it's, that, I mean, you can, I'll, I'll knock WWE all day, but, like, the spectacle from yeah. a lot of perspective, you know, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, so that's it. You know, it would like, and now granted, now if my kid was in the, was actually in, in the play, like that he got cast in a role, that'd be another kettle of fish, but yeah, you'd you'd have to tell him, Hey kid, make sure you set up a camera and record it. So I can watch (laughs) it later. (laughs) No, I would, uh, again, I wouldn't have to eat the tickets, but you know, I would have just like had to transfer them to my brother and you know, you're going to go and find, you know, three other people to go with you. And yeah. we'll figure it out from there, you know? Yeah. All right, Joe. Short show. Yeah, short for us, I guess. You know, I don't know. Did we, did we, we didn't forget anything, did we? No, I don't think no. so. I, I really thought it was going to be a much longer show with all the clips and everything that I played, but look at us. Keeping it to a lean under two hours. Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, everyone, thank you very much for listening, support, and the whole thing. Uh, this was episode 278 of At Odds with Wrestling for Adam. This is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.